Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. We're going to talk about the NRA today because yesterday was a you know, it was sort of an interesting announcement because it was a civil case that was announced by the Attorney General um, of, of where she, New York, right? That's New York State. And yep. she, uh, she, Letitia James, who's been done, he's been doing a fantastic job prosecuting all things Trump and, uh, and more. And yesterday she announced that the NRA, uh, she was seeking that the NRA be dissolved because of all sorts of criminality that they've been engaged in, including uh, Wayne LaPierre, the executive vice president or the former executive vice president, Living it up on a yacht, which is, you know, not his yacht, by the way. Who knew the NRA Always had a yacht. yacht? You gotta have a yacht, he has right? To jazz hands. Yeah, yes. right, right. So this guy, I mean, he is the epitome of what looks like corruption. Yeah. And he and his four senior executives, you know, squandered sixty-two million dollars, uh, which is a lot of money, um, in just three years which is great for them because uh, I'm sure they lived a very lavish lifestyle, but not great if you care about the Second Amendment. And, you know, she is seeking the absolute dissolution of this of this organization, which is for a long time, since 1871, being the, the you know, the standard bearer for gun-owning people in America. So that might go away if she succeeds. But then she sort of said that this was nothing political. And I was like, well, I don't know if I buy that this is nothing political because clearly there's a little bit of politics in the NRA. A little bit, just a touch. So um, I thought maybe we should do that today. Maybe we should just go through some of the uh, political elements of the NRA, which might still lead to a prosecution of some sort, because this is just the civil case. There's all sorts of things that still have to go on about uh, that could lead to criminal cases or criminal charges. For example, there's um, boy, the sun is streaming. There's uh, there's the IRS charges that may follow. There's the uh, other criminal charges, which we'll discuss in a bit. So um, here's my first bit, because we've got to look at this guy. Here is, I called this the beginning of the end, because I do think this is sort of maybe, and I'd like your opinions on this, maybe we're looking at something that might soon be happening to the whole of the Republican Party. Because yeah. <laughs> not only is he the scariest looking guy in the world, that's oh, his yacht. So nice fancy, yacht. Though. Very fancy, that's nice suit. Oh, such a nice manicure on the fancy man. It comes with the, it comes with the, with the contract. No, he, he's Davy Crockett. <laughs> you could give him a musket oh. and he'd take all of Tennessee himself. That's so right. he, he is, um, he's been living it up on the, on, the, on the, but this could be what I, you know, what's coming for the GOP. When you think about how important the NRA has been to the GOP um, in general and seeing the sort of the cracks now forming uh, for the NRA, People in the in the grand old party in the Republican Party must be thinking, "This is coming for us next." I well, think if they're when stealing, they... I, I mean, yeah. If you're if you're a crook, yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's what not, the party's become. Political. Right. I, I think what she was saying was, it's not political to when what because they're looking at this graft, this an incredible mm. thieving of membership dollars that are very specifically chartered to go in a very specific for in a very specific direction like you could spend the money that you're eliciting from people into your um, nonprofit you can spend it a certain way and then mm. you have to be accountable and you have to show that you spend it that way 
you you don't do it to for your wife's glam squad, your secretary's son's wedding, ice sculpture, and the Italian freaking tailor to come and measure your crotch for your next suit. That is not how you spend the money. How do you expect a nonprofit to run without crotch <laughs> measuring LB? Come on. He's got his little tailor in there measuring his inseam. He's got to look good. Do you see how nice that suit looks? Look how much that suit. That is a very fine look suit, and it, and it fits very oh. nicely on him. So, uh, you know, he, they, they committed a lot of crimes for sure. He also built this organization around him just to hide all his crimes, because basically she's saying that he had seventy-six committee members and an audit committee, and you name it, other committees, compensation committees, all hired basically just to cover up the fact that he's stealing from the membership. Um, which is, uh, you know, maybe what happens in, in these events, uh, in these organizations. But it also allowed for the entire Russian uh, disinformation war to to come rushing through the NRA in, and give us and Donald Trump. Yeah, and their money. So, Greg, you, you're pretty uh, well versed on all of this. Uh, how big a role did the NRA play in getting uh, Donald Trump elected? Well, I mean, they spent a lot of money on ads, for one thing, mm -hmm. which now they are not going to be able to do because they're going to be spending their money on other things, such as maybe lawyers. Right. Um, and the main thing for me, there's a bunch of takeaways here. But first of all, this is about fraud and crime. It's not about the Second Amendment. And any suggestion that it's about the Second Amendment is foolish. This guy, Wayne LaPierre, took money from people who thought they were giving it because they believed in the Second Amendment. So what he right. was doing was exploiting their belief in the Second Amendment cynically right. so that he could go on this yacht and spend like gobs and gobs of money on somebody to pay for his travel agent costs or something like that. Like he had like oh, somebody yeah. just handling. I don't know. It was a very good I travel don't know agent. What, what does she look like and is she 25 is my question. <laughs> I don't know, but... Um, <laughs> You for know, 1.9 million or whatever they spent that there's it should be you know uh, attractive in whichever way you find attractive and bags of cocaine for 1.9 million dollars <laughs> with the travel services per year where's it's a the lot Porsche of money and the coke in fairness the yacht itself costs about 400,000 a week to to uh to oh, rent. so i mean i don't know if he was paying for that but who knows you know it might have been oh that's it Hey, yeah. Zev, why don't we broadcast from the yacht next time? We should, they, we should do a show. Amex, right? Actually, there's, a, there's a, a whole website dedicated to chartering yachts I discovered today as I was searching through the internet. And they're very nice oh. looking, very nice looking yachts. I, and they're very expensive for Don't a, go on for a week. the yachts. No, because it's- I don't know how many times I have to say this. What don't happens on the yachts? I want to know what happens on the yachts. I want to know. the yacht stays on the yacht, right? Or winds up floating dead in the Canary Islands. It doesn't stay on the yachts. It doesn't. It goes to Ohio. It gets beamed to Ohio via easily interceptable signals. It sure does. I'm sure it does. Um, There's four staterooms in the which apparently which look very nice. They've been remodeled since he owned or since uh, Lapierre was on them, but they're currently very nicely designed, very styled, uh, very nice. You know, places you could stay for a while if you wanted to um, and travel the world while you were at it. So the reason so I should hope. Yes. Yeah. So um, so there's lots of money. Oh, look, I've got pictures for you. I, here's some photos of the yacht and also what, what it looks like now. It looks very nice, doesn't it? Is that a gun on top of the yacht? What is that? I, I, I've I, seen bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I nice. bet you have. I bet you have. Good size. <laughs> it's a good size yacht. So, um, 
the reason why people are sort of, you know, there's this whole situation with the Russians, because, you know, the Russians showed up in 2011, and I'm sorry this graphic is a little cut off, but I'll fill it in a few. Butina and oh, Senator Tershaw. There she is. In, in, in 2011, these guys showed up and decided to begin their campaign to turn the NRA into a really, I don't know, a, a frat party. I don't know what she was doing there, but she is she does not in real life look like this. Oh. I mean, she does, but this was a created version of her um, in order to infiltrate the NRA. He is the deputy governor or was the deputy governor of the, of the Russian Central Bank. So access to a lot of uh, state secrets and funds and knows Putin very well. We're not sure about their relationship. There might be one there, in fact. But um, the truth is she had relationships with many, many people in the NRA and within the Republican establishment. Um, and even at some point even offered to have sex just to get a job, um, which, you know, I don't know, maybe that's what happens. But what um, kind of people do you get? I don't Eric, know. What kind, what kind of people what kind do that? Of people? They're yeah. spies. Oh, oh, the spies They're do that. Spies. <laughs> I mean, grad students. So I just am amazed. <laughs> these these two people, these two, he was a board member of the NRA. He's one of the people who like stamped Wayne LaPierre's, um, you know, bad expenditure forms. These two people were able to like bring down the entire NRA and and also potentially uh, had a big hand in electing the the, uh, the current president. And it's took just one it, finger. It took one finger. It's gold finger. <laughs> so she's a uh, she's talented, obviously in some things. She's very talented. And she got sent back because I don't know why they get sent her back, but she they did ultimately let her she, go back. Oh, why did they say? Why did they let her she's out of a her? Hero, yeah. yeah. And so she's back in in you know I'm sure she's very well loved in the in Russia right now for all her work, um, but it didn't take long for these guys between 2011 and 2016 to sort of manage their way to the uh to quite a prominent position he was actually trying to get to see the, uh, the new president or the newly elected president in 2016 when they realized that he was actually a full-on mobster as well and they probably shouldn't let him see the president so they turned him away on his way to see trump um oh. in 26 20 early 2017. he torsion is the guy right uh correct me if i'm wrong who I spell was wrong. in under indictment in Spain, is that right? Spain. Do I have it right? That's he is, right. yeah. He's like Frida. a the, godfather. The Spanish, Jose, the, Jose Grinda, yeah. Jose the, Grinda. The Spanish prosecutor said that Trump's son should be very afraid. That's what he said. That's so right. let's. Torsion right. is close with Junior. Torsion is close with Rand Paul. Torsion is close with <laughs> Mitch right. McConnell. Um, these are people that are, you know, right in the thick of things. And I want to talk, we, we, we've focused on the money a little bit. Um, but I want to focus on the politics since, yes. you know, talking about your thing. Now, what politics, what what political agenda do Bettina and Torshin and Putin ultimately have? They want Americans to shoot each other up. They want us to kill each other and they want our country to look like ridiculous. Right. Yeah. So that's the plan. Um, the, the Divide whole and NRA, conquer. The NRA backing... Um, no bans on anything ever. The AR-15, we got to have this because Second Amendment, blah, 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 blah. Even though, like, if you read the Second Amendment, the first two sentences, it's pretty obvious that, no, it's that's not actually, you know. The, the, it, it says right there you're allowed to regulate it, it, it but whatever. Anyway, long, so they exploit debate. this thing. And why? 
90 something percent of it, I think it's like 97 percent of Americans want a ban on these assault rifles and the NRA refuses to budge on it. Why would they do that? Why wouldn't they, after one of these horrible tragedies that occur all the time with alarming frequency, why wouldn't the NRA say, you know what? We're going to promote safe guns, which is our fucking mission. We're going to promote safe gun use, and we're going to ban these assault rifles that nobody here really needs to be using. They don't do that. Why? Is it because of some weird, twisted, fetishistic Second Amendment thing? No. It's because that's what Putin wants. Putin wants us shooting each other. Nobody in America does. Putin does. Period. So whatever whatever relationship they might have had with torsion and russia whether they were told to do this or whether they just just decided that it was best to do i don't know but they were clearly um implementing and promoting a policy about gun control or lack of gun control that benefited vladimir putin at the expense of our kids and our school kids in this country and it's a fucking travesty and i hope that these motherfuckers rot in prison mm -hmm. I mean, the, the true irony of it is that they would started an organization in, in Russia to to mirror what the NRA does. It was called, I don't know, whatever it was called. It was called, uh, protecting gun, gun rights in Russia. Whatever. And there are no gun rights in Russia because they don't let people have no. guns in Russia. So, exactly. you know, it's not a, a mirror of what is going on in the NRA. It was just Putin pleasing the NRA brass to show, hey, look, we're doing the same thing here. When in reality, they don't do anything of the sort. And it is the most tragic of American stories that we have had in the last 10, maybe, you know, I'm thinking Sandy Hook was what, 2012. We have had, you know, so many shootings since then, and it's it just doesn't stop. It seems to continue on and on and on, and it gets worse and worse. And the kind of people that are getting engaged in it um, are, you know, are, are troubled people, but they're somehow getting co-opted into a system um, and, and, somehow brainwashed or manipulated into doing this kind of stuff because it only happens in the United States. Like we don't see these kind of shootings elsewhere and it's hard to understand why. Well, I was just thinking you do with like an Anders Breivik in, in Norway, but then you find similar connections to ideology right. that right. was very specially cultivated. Right. And and rarer, they certainly are rarer in other parts yeah. of the world. And partly it's the accessibility to guns, for sure. But it's also there seems to be an, an emphasis to 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 it happening here, and it's a it is a, a, okay. a grave tragedy. It's a tragedy. I, I think here's where we're going to have to navigate from all of the rage that that Greg just expressed as a parent uh, and a citizen, and into uh, how radicalization happens and our radicalization techniques being used with our kids, um, and especially vulnerable children who, uh, maybe can, can be sought out and, and found, um, and pushed into, um, in real life behaviors, uh, I think I think it's time to very slowly enter that conversation. It's not something to do tonight on a Friday night. It's something that I've been talking about. Um, and there's a very particular community of parents who need to be on the front lines of that conversation because their children are the most vulnerable. Um, and so that's just a whole other, if I start talking about it, I'm going to 
cry on air in front mm-hmm. of everybody because I'm I'm one of those parents. So um, so we can get there. We can get there. It's delicate. It's hard to handle. Um, but let's look at this. Let's go back to the NRA. Let's look at were they involved with any kind of companies that do things like take algorithms for advertising, um, uh, modeling for targeting in being used in political campaigns or for political purposes, since, since they're a very political organization saying, ah, we're being political. Well, you're into politics. Why did the NRA hire Cambridge Analytica? Mm-hmm. What was that about? Was that strictly about doing some laundering? Was that about sharing their database of members um, and doing some kind of fused targeted campaigning uh, with the with the GOP and with the Trump campaign? What happened there with the NRA and Cambridge Analytica in 2016? Um, I think that's worth a lot still, even though we're going into this new thing and it looks like the NRA is going to be burned down to the ground. I still want to know, and Americans need to know, all the different elements that were used to do this sort of uh, asymmetrical attack on our population, on our Republic of Citizenry, for that um, activated people. is. You know, are we looking at seeing the same are the same sort of techniques being used to create a whole bunch of Karens, right, screaming about anti-mask that were that were used to um, create a whole bunch of amosexuals and, and fetishes around guns? What's going on? Why do they need Cambridge Analytica? Why did the NRA need Cambridge Analytica? What were they doing? It was a trigger the vote campaign, quote unquote, trigger the vote. Mm, terrible. Right? There's all this language around. That was done to get people all swept up in the NRA and the Second Amendment and all of this stuff. But I don't I don't know. That's that's not the company, I think, to go to. Not when they have things like Luke Oil in their offices. And we know that all of Cambridge Analytica, what they were sort of piggybacking on was this uh, techniques developed out of SCL labs, which was set up by the guy out of the St. Petersburg spy school, that psych school, that came and set himself up at, uh, at Cambridge. Look, and Steve Bannon a, is, is Cambridge know, what Analytica. Is, what is this? So why would Steve Bannon yeah, be interested what, in doing this? Why would Steve Bannon in, in 2016 be interested in working with the NRA? I, well, the NRA is expensive. Uh, it, Cambridge Analytica is expensive. Yeah. Does the NRA spend its money doing that. What does that have to do with their nonprofit status? Right. Could they spend their money that way? They spent so legitimate? much money. You know, I mean, in 2016, they spent, I think, about $65 million on various election campaigns, and which is an astonishing figure for any organization, but never mind one that's also squandering all their money on, on yachts and other things. Um, and, you know, the way they did it, uh, the way they got to that money, because it was way more than they spent in, in 2012, is by taking their um, their membership money and their PAC money and then mixing it all into one pool, which is basically illegal, um, and then funneling 30 million of it directly to Donald Trump. Because he was their man all the way from like 2014 onwards. You know, while uh, Torshin and Butina were there from 2011 to 2016, meeting and, and greeting everybody, he started appearing at the NRA conventions in 2014 and 2015. And in 2015, even met up with a bunch of these sort of Russian, um, you know, uh, 
ambassadors or whatever you want to call them. This, this guy, uh, whatever they were, Klein Preston. I don't know if you've encountered him. Like he's a, he's he lives in Kentucky yeah. or somewhere like that. But he he's basically a full on uh, Russo Russophile. You know, he's madly obsessed with Russia. Uh, but he also is an NRA member, and and here he is in the very nicely painted red office that he has, where he has all these Russian artifacts. But on the right there, he's outside the uh, the dressing room of Donald Trump on twenty in twenty fifteen at the NRA convention, and you can't read it here, but it says you know waiting to see the next president of the United States, and he does actually get a chance to meet him. Torshin also got a chance to meet him at that time. So we're talking about twenty fifteen. Um, you know, the campaign was barely launched. I don't think they had launched, and there he was um, already. Um, uh, mixing it up with these Russian infiltrators who had gotten into the NRA and, and found a way to intersect with him. So added on top of that, you've got Cambridge Analytica with a membership you know, database, which is very, very interesting and important to winning any election in the right. Can you imagine how valuable it is if you're able to, to understand the psychological, uh, uh, the psychographs of all these members and be able to manipulate them in whatever direction you want? Um, I mean, it's a remarkably valuable tool, but it's not something you'd expect the NRA to be doing. And I saw, I've seen this too, uh, that, that, you know, NRA will have videos calling for the silent majority to attack Dems. We're going to come at all this sort of, remember all that language even that Dana Lesch was having on NRA TV about, oh, yeah, Dana Lynch. you know, your time's up and it, all this sort of incitements to, to uh, seeming incitements to violence or civil war in the streets. And they have all this. Yeah, NRA was really, uh, the yeah. language in, in 2016 was really crazy and the ads were crazy. Eric, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts as you think about how Cambridge Analytica played a role in, in uh, 2016 as part of the NRA, but also part of the campaign in general to get Trump elected? It's an intelligence operation. It has nothing to do with rifles. It's all straight intelligence operation. So you're saying... With, with the, it, 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 I mean, it was an influence. They... they used the gun thing. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with, um, with, with Greg's analysis that, you know, what do they want? They, well, since they're also mobsters in that, you know, mafia state, they also want guns free floating around here um, and the ability to traffic them. Now, if you know some of the backstory, when anybody wants to get arguing about gun policy, gun grabbers or this or that, I'm not using your catchwords. Digitize the ATF records from the federal government. Did you know that's, I don't know if there's been a change to this, but for years, you could only ever keep the records from the ATF about gun registrations, I believe, on paper. And oh, yeah. so this, yeah, they were, they, there was one of the things, just like they didn't want the CDC collecting, you know, medical information about how many people are getting lead poisoning uh, explosive version as being shot. Like being shot is a health risk. You know, having your your liver blown up with a, you know, uh, hollow point bullet is a health risk just like cigarettes or cars. And they spent tons of money saying, no, 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 no. Because it's not just death. It's also lost limbs. It's also people that can't walk. It's all that. The, the gun industry didn't want any of that data. And they don't want the background checks. They don't, it's not just about privacy. They don't want you to know where their guns are going. Mm-hmm. Like Syria, like Mexico to the cartels. Something I, I, I don't have the, the, the stats in front of me. I heard like an obscene percentage of um, one of the Mexican cartels, not the Jaliscos, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Um, one of the cartels had like 
some like 40% of their guns had gone through Vermont at some point because we have where I'm from, we have the lowest gun regulations pretty much outside of Afghanistan and Somalia. Um, you literally, you just can't bring it in a courtroom. That's it. Uh, everything else is open carry, uh, lowest, lowest crime in America because we've got nothing to steal. But anyways, that, 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 (laughs) seriously, what, what you're going to, your second cousin is going to recognize his old television. It's so there's no point in doing anything. Um, (laughs) Uh, basically true. Um, but that, that openness, I mean, when I was in like, uh, you know, when I, 1991, I am going to high school in Vermont and, you know, first week of November is hunting season. And you're talking about, you know, bringing guns in schools. We used to have a stack of, of rifles in the corner in the principal's office. They would walk in and you'd hand it to Miss McBride. Wow. And she'd check the chamber and you'd make sure it was empty and nothing. Oh yeah. Vermont, baby. That's Except crazy. no substitutes. Wow. Yeah. Yep, 14th, 14th Is state. Is that because those First bears that DeVos was all worried about might show up and you'd have to... Sh- was, who, what was she saying? Kids no, you'd walk out. No, <laughs> you're going to get my accent coming out. You'd, you'd walk out the back of the school and they'd go up Hunter Mountain and they'd get back in their trucks and you'd... you'd no, they did. You, you wanted to separate. You brought the gun into school because you left the ammo in the truck and you didn't want it to get ripped off. So you're going to... You you don't want... You know, you can get some ammo, but you're going to have the gun to go with. So you'd bring the gun to the principal's right. office and Miss McBride would... Check the chamber, make sure you had nothing, and there's a stack, and there'd be a stack in the principal's office. And then it could be because. I kind of like Miss McBride. She's, I, I kind of like her. Uh, I, uh, I like that story. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, presumably that's Stacey, not the status quo right now for guns. Stacy, a, a girl in my class, uh, had a deer dressing service in uh, junior year. She dressed deer. Uh, you know, you bring, her, you bring her a deer you've hunted, and you'll get back, uh, you know, head ready for taxidermy. And oh. uh, venison steaks. We were all very polite to Stacy. I'm sure. <laughs> Heck of a woman. Heck of a woman. Um, but you have a very armed society. I mean, we're just like you look at America right. as being it's just incredibly well armed, and uh, it's kind of scary when you're reaching a point as we are in 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 politics and in the in the history of America, where there's just such a, a huge amount of division, and only one side seems to have the guns. Well, it, oh, we have the guns too. Really. We just don't talk about it. Not really. <laughs> okay. We don't talk about it. <laughs> right. Okay. So there are guns, but are they willing to fight as as much? It, well, willing to fight? You know, if I, uh, no. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like the, uh, the aggression and the um, the the arms and the militias and all of that seems to be centered around the right wing. It doesn't seem to be uh, sort of a, a left wing liberal thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I, and, and, in, and in most of the places where guns are really part of the culture, it's, it's pretty apolitical until these assholes at the NRA got involved because left, right, and center, everybody where I'm from has guns because mm. the cops aren't going to get there for 45 minutes and there are legitimately large animals that might cause problem and nothing's going to get there and save you. And so, you know, firearms, not of the paramilitary type, are useful. Everyone had one. Nobody had, you know, submachine guns. You don't need... Uzi up on right. you know Bear Mountain or anything you didn't you didn't need that, um, but also we had open carry. All these people are fetishizing open. Oh God, open carry, open carry, and white nationalism and a place run entirely by white people and all the guns. Go to Vermont, you're going to be in heaven. Hmm. I mean, your your per capita income is going to drop you know forty thousand dollars a year, but it's you know it's, get what you want. It's a ticket price to get in. Nothing but white people and all the guns you can eat. You'll have a great time. Mm. But here's the thing: we had open carry, and you could bring your you could bring double shotguns legally into 
price chopper, the grocery store. You can do that. But here's what was going to happen. There was no, it was not a political thing. They're going to film and you're, oh, we're going to talk about this. No, you have the right to do that legally because there's no laws. And every other person is going to go to their office, to their car, to wherever, or they're already packing because there's no, there's no need for um, uh, concealed carry licenses. Concealed? There are no laws. Wow. There's no, no, conceal them, shove them up really? your butt, you know, yeah. Put shotguns in your breakfast cereal. Send your kids to daycare with them. There's no laws. It, you literally, I'm not joking. Oh it's the National Firearms Act, mm. and which is just the broad one that covers everything. And then you can't, you know, there's two laws. I'm not joking. There, there was, you can't bring it in a courthouse and you can't bring it on the way to a crime, which I'm not sure how many prosecutions they had for that. Like you're in, announcing your intent and then you could, could be arrested for it. I don't know the statute, but there are no laws. So you could walk in with, you know, four four shotguns and 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 you know two hunting rifles into into the grocery store, and you have the legal right to do that. They're also going to call the police because you look insane because those are rutabagas. What do you what are you doing, Rambo? <laughs> Everyone's going to come out and they're they're going to be behind the 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 corn section, yeah, waiting like, to see what why, you're going to do. Why do you need a gun for the pies? Yeah. Right? Why did yeah, you need like, it's just why did you need the gun to get the pie? Something might be wrong with you. Yeah. yeah. Because guns, like, hooray, you have guns. Everyone has I guns. I don't mean to laugh. Why it's really violent and awful. You know, it's but, an awful But we part weren't of our shooting society. each other in the ass. We weren't shooting each other well, in the ass all the time. But this thing, it was, this it thing was a that different we have, NRA. Let's talk about it. Let's connect it. It was it. a that's different NRA. Uh, it was different. You know, something to me, Sandy Hook seems to be the, the, the turn. Yeah. The real outward turn, whether there was internal stuff going on that was devious that we didn't know about before that. Certainly Sandy Hook was the moment where the NRA said, oh, now we have to actually lift our skirt up and 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 take a position and show you actually where we're standing. And they stood exactly where Greg started this whole thing, mm -hmm. this whole conversation. They stood mm -hmm. there. They stood with our enemies. They really yeah. did. They stood with their enemies. And then since everyone was okay with that, they're like, all right, well, so since you're okay with standing with their enemies, we'll send you one of our, our Tamboff Mafia uh, crime lords and this piece of tail that we told to lose 40 pounds real quick. And here's your bottled red dye hairstyle. Get your freaking manicure together because you're going to be meeting some Republican men, some unfuckable men. You're going to have to get in there with them. Boom, send those guys in with a bags of cash, right? God knows how much money they were pushing here and pushing there. They, should, they were actually there before, you know, agenda. they were there before. They were there from 2011, they'd already started their work. So maybe, you know, as you look at why they, yeah. the, the NRA changed its position, it may be that they were already under the influence in 2011 um, of this hmm. very sort of- I don't think they had new, a choice. I, yeah. Wayne, Wayne LaPierre seems to be a very well-kept man. He's like the trophy wife. Like I've never seen a trophy wife before. He is so well kept. But he seems oh to be God, all corrupted. Yeah. Look, oh, he's yeah. he built an entire organization around his corruption and around protecting his corruption. So even if the direction wasn't going in the direction that he, you know, the membership wanted, he had built an organization around him to protect his crimes and yeah. his and his corruption. The thing about the Sandy Hook thing that breaks my heart is this: it happened in in 2012. 
And, you know, they're only going to be able to start prosecuting or taking their case to against Remington. You know, they're, they're, they've taken a, a stand all along that the firearms manufacturer uh, should be responsible for what went on. And they've had a, a really difficult time going through the courts over the last decade. Um, and finally, the Supreme Court has allowed them to do it. And so at the, hopefully at the start of next year, they'll be able to finally get to the case that they've been trying to get to for over a decade, um, which is to sue the arms manufacturer for the tragedy that befell them and, and, and their school and their, and their family. It's, um, it's quite tragic that it takes so long just to get to the court for this, for this it takes a whole gen, a whole decade for this, for these people to even get to court on the case that they should be able to. And then you've got this firearm manufacturer, which is, in the meantime, by the way, declared bankruptcy and reorganizing itself so it could avoid uh, paying all these fees or fines that it might get. And it's the supplier of Remington, of the NRA's, um, you know, big projects. It does all these, it sponsors a lot of events at the, through the NRA. The NRA is not just a, you know, a nonprofit run by, by its members. It's run by the arms manufacturers yes. and by the arms lobby. Right. And those are the people it's that want to avoid liability. For, for yeah. Arms, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's not just a nonprofit. Yeah. It's, a, I mean, it can, I suppose, be a nonprofit and a lobby group as well, as well. But it's, 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 it's much more sinister than that. You know, they're hiding. It behind... likes to pretend. It likes to pretend that it is, though. Yes, it pretends that it's, you know, the the the, the Boy Scout troop leader who pays the dues, and that's where all the money's coming from. And no. There's too much money coming in. There's not that many scoutmasters anymore. Sorry, There's more money going out than it's coming in. I mean, they're, it's they're, all, P, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they have a, they're basically a PR machine. Mm -hmm. They have all these fancy expenses. They're spending money on themselves lavishly in ways that we can't even fathom. Um, I, I, they ran a, they had a channel, a television channel. These are not cheap things. And they're stuffing politica politicians with millions and millions and millions of dollars. They're just stuffing their pockets, stuffing their pockets. Mm -hmm. Where's all this fucking money coming from? I don't think, I think Tish James is really brilliant. <laughs> I do, yeah. because I don't think that the membership dollars are gonna match up to the kinds of money that was pouring out of that criminal enterprise, yeah. right? By those yeah. crooks. Yeah, it's not I think that's match. a thing. Look, if they were spending $65 million every every three years, or just for those three years that she's alleging, plus they were paying, you can't read this properly, but $24 million just to pay the GOP uh, representatives in 2016. This is not Trump. This is just other Republicans. $24 million is a ton in politics. That's Where is all money. this stuff coming from? It's that's, you know, you just add all that up and you're already, and the 30 million to Trump and you're already at over $100 million. They're not making that much money. Just in a, an article I wrote in the Dallas, uh, it was Dallas Morning News, it was in the Dallas newspaper about uh, a simple, you know, I, I, I'm, I know not to take these people on head on at their talking points or gun grabbing or, or whatnot, because nobody is suggesting for the most part, no, ever. I've never heard anyone say, collect up all the guns. First of all, it's impossible and nobody says it. Right. But, you know, digitize the ATF's records or, or any, just anything, the CDC stuff. Anything. I'm not going to take your gun, but can I count up how many people get shot? I made the the suggestion of how about you have to have insurance to have a firearm because it's got negative externalities. Like driving a car, you have the freedom to do that, but you all have to have a pool of insurance money because these things kill tens of thousands of people every year. We don't want to take away your freedom or your ability to drive just because you're you suck or you get drunk a lot. Or whatever but you just have to have insurance and i suggested that how about we have insurance for firearms and wow you know i i didn't really get 
you know, uh, hate mail and harassment until like, uh, you know, the whole, uh, you know, uh, 2016 Russia Trump thing. But uh, this was a good, um, this was originally October 8th, 2015. It's a really good idea. Uh, it was a good I warm mean, up it seems, it seems for, to be, for hate mail. Here's the thing. I think that we've got a society that would ultimately, <laughs> if they did, if you, if you gave society all the weapons you wanted and society left on its own and democracy left on its own, would, they would not be shooting up people in the streets and in schools. But because we've now opened ourselves to this data world and because we're so manipulatable by external sources and because all these intelligence services around the world, whether it's the Saudis or the, or the Chinese or the Russians, are working so hard to change our behaviors and manipulate our politics that it's so easy then to take, you know, our society, divide us, create conflict like we've seen over the last few years. And on top of that, add a layer of violence from with guns because the guns are there already. That's right, Zev. Right on the money. One last question takes us full circle to the start of the show. Uh, Matthew wants to know any news on what the SDNY, I think it means New York State, suing the NRA means for the traitor in chief, Donald Trump. And the answer is, I think, plenty, plenty, plenty. Because, um, uh, you know, $30 million went from Russia through the NRA into his coffers. And that is one of the reasons he won. I think the NRA investigation is going to land up being a criminal prosecution as well. It's right now just a civil case, but it sure looks like it's got all the makings of a prosecution um, in, a, in a RICO case, even possibly. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know about that. And I'm not a lawyer, so I won't guess. But um, it, you know, $30 million drove that campaign. And and Mr. LaPierre, with his fancy uh, yachts and his manicures, uh, was the reason that was allowed and to happen. The tailor. And the tailor. So these crotches ain't gonna measure themselves, Zev. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. And check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and download.